0: Hello, and welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we beat a dead horse the average of the lowest three of a variable subset of the absolute value of the difficulty of a set task at a time. God damn this game. As always, my partner John is here with me, and this week we review Don't Look Back, Terror is Never Far Behind, a game that is ostensibly about horror, in the same sense that 5th grade math is about horror. Stay tuned for a surprising plethora of useless information and an equally surprising dearth of fat knife clowns On today's system mastery, and welcome back. How you doing today, John? Doing so good. All right. So This week we
1: reviewed uh, uh, Don't Look Back. As you look back to see what the hell this thing is called.
0: Terror is Never Far Behind. I don't know if that's actually part of the
1: title or if it's just called Don't Look Back. I, I think. I mean, the TM is after Terror is Never Far Behind, so I'm, I'm pretty sure you say the whole thing every time. Okay, so the
0: name of the game is Don't Look Back, Terror is Never Far Behind. Is this true? Pro- pro- probably. Accurate assessment? Is this this is probably the most interesting thing about this game. <laughs> so we uh we bought this game at our local nerd stabulary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where we saw it on the shelf and had to get it because well, the cover
1: art's really good. Yeah, well, it, you know, you open it up and it says, "Hey, this is gonna be an RPG about the world of horror and suspense and terror," and you're like, "Oh, great!" And, and then the cover's got like two kind of creepy Hammer Films looking
0: dudes trying to kill a skeleton while. A kind of whitey, lichy thing, kind of stops him. I'm guessing it's supposed to be a vampire. It,
1: it mostly just looks like a purple sinew demon.
0: Oh yeah, when I say whitey, I don't mean like you. I mean like you know, like in the manner of a white. Yeah. Not, no, no, I'm putting the h in there, like a white, like the the undead, the CR5 undead. Yeah, like a wiget. Like a wiget. There you go. Yeah. Sounds
1: worse. Oh no. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, so, yeah, and then on the back, it's got a fat knife clown.
1: Yeah, you know, my favorite type of knife clown. Fat
0: knife clowns are way better than crying knife clowns.
1: <laughs> oh, how did they fit so many knife clowns into that car? Probably with knives.
0: <laughs> so, you know, it's going to be, uh, basically, from the covers, you get the impression that this is going to be a send-up of the horror movie genre.
1: Yeah, it's it looks very much like the people who made it like, Aw, man, we love cheesy, old, stupid horror films. And less than, you know, like the old white wolf stuff where, yeah, you're a vampire or a werewolf, but it doesn't have to do with horror. It's more being the sort of modern sexy vampire or I'm a tree-hugging werewolf. This is like, no... You're going to play a co-ed who is getting stalked by fucking some masked guy with a knife.
0: Yeah, or the creature from the Black Lagoon is going to show up and start, I don't know, tearing shit up, whatever. Yeah. But it's going to be a movie monster, and you're going to be playing as some movie stereotype, and that's the concept you get. And And, you know, it's weird. Parts of the book support this, and then most of the book just doesn't.
1: Yeah, it's mostly the fluff and the filler. And, like,
0: the first 50 pages or so of... And, incidentally, this is a slim little volume. This is... What, what was it, like a 93 or 94 sort of thing?
1: Yeah, this, uh I think it was 94 when this came out, and it's, I mean, including all of the sample characters, and maybe you want to play like this, there's a bunch of little filler things like you find in those older games, and even then, it manages to pad out to 140 pages, maybe?
0: Maybe. It's a tiny little book, and, and yet it's got an insane amount of padding. And, and we were talking about this before the RPG, that one of my least favorite things about role-playing games from a certain era, and that era is the early 90s, is that they assume, uh, pretty much ad nauseum that no one's ever heard of anything having to do with role-playing, <laughs> and that they they need personally to explain it to you, as if you didn't find this book, you know, on the used shelf of a nerd store, but rather, like, in a dusty curio shop, and you were like, role-playing? Hmm, hmm. What is this new mystery? Uh, this book has... I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: No, just the uh the book itself is... Kind of full of... It's it's the padding. It's just padding out pages. Mm-hmm. And the beginning tries to tie it into horror, at least. Yeah. Like, I'll give it that. With a lot of that, like,
0: role-playing is like playing pretend. Except you use more than one person.
1: You'll need dice. Yeah, but at least it does say, like, and in this world... the. It- There's gonna be monsters, but don't be afraid. So it does try to maybe tie it in, unlike the mechanics, which have nothing to do with anything else.
0: So, after you make your way through the slog of the game explaining to you how to roleplay, and what dice are, and how many friends you'll need, and what a pencil is, and then it gets through this little section where it discusses the fluff, and it has a fun little story about two characters who discover... Basically a nest of zombies, and then they shoot at a zombie, and it doesn't do anything, and so they get in a car and drive away. And that's the story that they have. Um, then we get to building your character. We Now, this game has uh, six stats. Yep. I can't name them off the top of my head.
1: Can you? One of them is Fit. Yeah, Fit is your... We rolled all of the general physical stats into Fit. Mm-hmm. Except you also have Dexterity, but it, it's your manual Dexterity. So rather than, like, I'm super agile, Dexterity ends up being, like, I've got hand-eye coordination. Right. Uh, you get Perception and your ability to not... Fucking. Uh, care. I don't know. There's willpower, <laughs> there's shenanigans. Oh, uh, yeah. Look, yeah. There's six
0: of them. If you've played any role playing game ever and you see six as the number of stats, you know what they are already.
1: Yeah. You can get to it.
0: Now in this game you don't roll for them or anything. They they max at plus five and bottom out at minus five, and an average human is a zero. And you just choose whatever you want for your stats as long as you end up with a total positive score of three.
1: Yeah, so it and it took a really long time for me to actually find the one sentence where it says, you should end at positive three. Mm-hmm. I went through all of the stats, read through all of them, went through the descriptions, went through the pluses and minuses, was like, okay, I kind of see what you're going for here. You have no system for points? How do I, how do I get
0: stats? You just choose them. You just choose what your stats are, and they are either anywhere from negative five to positive five. But you need to have a net total score of at least and at most positive three. You can be weaker if you want,
1: yeah. But yeah, you,
0: but positive three is where you where you top out. Yeah. Now we're gonna keep saying positive three because your your stat scores, for example, aren't. I have a fit of two. It's your fit is plus two.
1: Yeah, or you might have a fit of minus two. Yeah, that's that's what your stat value is.
0: Okay, all right <laughs> now, <laughs> oh man, now we go to the skill system, which um, same thing, kind of like so, for example, <laughs> let's take drive, drive is done at dexterity minus two, that is the basic role that you get to be a driver, yep, now, the game does have that one sentence pie to don't make them roll unless you have to, so that means that your character can't just kill themselves for being average at driving. Because being average at driving in this game is being minus two at driving.
1: Yeah. If you have a zero, which would be your sort of average at whatever your stat is, and you go to get behind the wheel of a car, you're at minus two driving. Yeah. So shit sucks to be you.
0: Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's say you have a dexterity of three and you take the driving skill. No. And then you can put points mm-hmm. to get be- to get above that base floor of minus two
1: yeah so every point that you put in it is going to give you uh one more into it basically just offsetting the penalty that you would have had yeah and i guess if you don't take well the, the uh basic
0: assumption is that you have access to every skill in the game that's you're untrained is that base level and then you can kind of go beyond and, and become a good driver and so on Okay, so let's say that your character has a dexterity of three and a driving score. He's actually put two points into it of zero, yep. which means now he is positive three to driving. Woo!
1: Good for you, man. All right. Now, so, what 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 does that actually even mean? Okay, so to uh, calculate
0: the difficulty or sk- or success of a skill in this game, add together the skill difficulty and levels of skill you have, and your uh, ability number to it. So, for example, in this case, it would be your driving is zero, and your ability is three, and so you have three. Yeah. Okay, are there any extenuating uh, circumstances? Say, for example, is someone helping you drive, or is the road on fire? <laughs> yes, someone is helping me drive. Okay, so there is a backseat help driver. And that gives you a plus one, and the road is on fire. That gives you a minus one. So that means we're still at three. Oh, good. Okay. Add three to that. Just, you oh, I'm know. sorry. Wait. First, determine the absolute
1: value of a
0: plus three score. Oh, good. What's that?
1: It, is it
0: three? it is three. Okay. Great. That Yay. may sound extend, stupid, but give us, a, give us a moment. Uh, okay. Determine the absolute value. It is three. Add three to that. Now you have six. Roll six d six. Yup. Okay. Now, check your original score is it three yes take
1: the top three dice and you you always take three three dice yeah no matter what you do which is why they tell you to add
0: three in case you end up with a zero posi- a zero total score they have you add three dice so at least
1: you can see what your dice are yeah no matter what you're gonna have three dice to go off of
0: okay so that would be a like a, a a random chance, basically. Like, for example, if you were a reasonably fit person trying to, or dexterous person trying to drive a car, you would have a zero. No, nothing's changing. You roll three dice, and that's it. Yeah. Now, all you do when you go back and look at your original ability numbers, check to, or the original skill roll you were making, is check to see if it was a positive or negative number. And the the
1: negatives here are interesting in that. Uh, you, like, let's say I'm not dexterous at all. I've got a minus two dexterity. Mm-hmm. And I'm just learning to drive. I don't have any points in it. So it's dex minus two. So that means I'm at minus four now. Okay, great. Let's take it from minus four. So, you've got minus four. Now, we've got no modifiers for this, so we're just going to go with our minus four. Hey, the road fire's out. Yay, and Miss Daisy got out. Okay. So, you now have a minus four you take your absolute value which is four Four. add three so you're at seven you're rolling seven dice but because it was negative to begin with we go back and check we have to see now okay negative score which means i roll those i'm still taking three dice but i have to take the worst three dice as opposed to a positive score which would have been taking the best three dice. Yeah.
0: Okay, now once you've taken those dice, whether they're the worst three or the best three, you go and you compare them to the general success at a skill check chart, which is just a bunch of numbers but it's 3 to 18, of course. Yeah. And it's bell curved. So at, at 9 to 11 you have a moderate success and below 8 or 8 and below you're
1: failing in various degrees. And then you know you get up to eighteen, and you had a spectacular, awesome success, super lucky, happy time. We good for you. And those
0: are how you do that. That's how you do skills. And it's infuriating for some reason. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not especially complicated once you get the concept down. But I mean, it, it's the only game
1: I've ever seen that asked me to determine the absolute value of a given number. Yeah, it the whole game's system really feels like some mathematician was like, you know you can really map out with these numbers and negatives and positives and it would come up with a much better bell curve than trying to roll a d20 and I wouldn't have to worry about these pluses and minuses here or there. I'd have a set definition between these success rates. And you're like, oh, okay, man. but and I can use a single table whether you're good at a skill or bad at a skill. Yeah, it just... it It gets to a point where it kind of doesn't matter anymore. Like, it just... There's a lot of adding and subtracting and then looking at whatever. And it especially gets bad once you start getting into modifiers for things. Right. Like we mentioned, if someone's helping you or if the road's on fire. And those at least are straightforward. Like you might get a minus two or a plus one or whatever. That's basically straightforward. But then you get into things where it gets to weapons. And weapons have not just damage that they do... They have a damage scale that you then multiply by the number that you got for your success. So if a damage scale is like 0.4, then you roll to see how well you succeeded. And if you got an 8, you take 8 and multiply it by 0.4. And then you take that number and round down. And that's the number of damage you did. Right, and how do we calculate how much health a person has in this game? It's their fit plus their will plus five because you need to add a plus five on there in case someone is both weak-willed and weak-minded. In which case they could just start the game dead or unconscious,
0: which is still possible.
1: Well, you can... you end up going unconscious if... and this is, again, really weird. You can have a negative modifier to your fit your health track and it doesn't matter until you get below minus five and then you fall unconscious if you manage to get to minus 10 or below then you actually die right so it's impossible to build a dead character so you could you could go ahead and build a guy whose starting health is negative five which means you have minus five to do anything physical Which, I think you're still conscious, but you're, like, Stephen Hawking, essentially. You just sort of can't move.
0: Right. Since you can still have dexterity. Yeah. Since that doesn't factor into your health calculation, it's possible to build a character who is extremely good at aiming a gun with his wheelchair headset. Oh, yeah, man. Isn't quite unconscious yet, but can't do anything else except think and shoot his wheelchair gun.
1: (laughs) Which is great, because then you can just, like, roll around and everyone's like, haha, that guy. And then you just hit a button and a machine gun pops out of your wheelchair and you're like, what's up now, bitches?
0: Of course, that sort of thing won't happen in this game because this game has the stench of realisticness all over <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> My verisimilitude! Yeah,
0: there's a lot of that. So, when we were talking earlier about how this game has a wide range of skills, we weren't kidding. Oh, yeah, no, there's a whole shitload of skills in here. No. There for example there is a skill in forensics, there's a skill in criminology,
1: and uh. there's a skill
0: in detective work. Yeah. Oh, and uh in something about policemanship or something as well. Now, all of those have overlaps, but the game goes to great lengths to explain the differences between them so that you don't get confused.
1: Yeah, no, it really needs you to understand that there's a reason they split up this one skill into four different skills. Right, so there's a million skills. A lot of them have to do with being a police officer. And, the I mean, one of the main issues here is they do give you the baseline, like, okay, it doesn't matter, you can still roll at the whatever base value of, like, stat minus whatever it happens to be. It's usually two to four. Uh, but you only get 20 points worth of skill points to put into things. So let's say, you know, you want to do martial arts... And martial arts is, uh, fit minus four. Right. So even if you're like, I'm, I'm an average guy and I want to be able to kick without just falling directly on my ass, you have to put four of your points at least into it just to not have a negative anytime you want to do something. And if you pick even a couple of the skills that are like, this is a whatever minus four, like your intellect minus four for anthropology. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, well, I, I guess I need to put like five or six points into there. I've already used over half of my points on two skills out of the like 40 that they have.
0: The, uh, one of my favorite descriptions in the skill section is for a character that's taken, uh, anthropology with a specialization in Portuguese (laughs) and, uh, and they've discovered an old treasure map, and then the, the DM, or whatever they're called in this game, I think it's just GM. Maybe. Uh, informs them that they are, they unfortunately have a specialization in the wrong dialect of Portuguese. <laughs> and so instead of getting a bonus for the skill points they've invested, they should get a penalty. Yeah. I was like, Portuguese? Portuguese is a bullshit language that no one cares about, except for Portugal and Brazil. If your character actually took it, god
1: damn, let them have the bonus. Right, it's it's one of those things where you're like, oh sweet, I've got I've got drive, and I've got a specialty in sports cars. And you're like, well, technically, this is a rally car; it's not really a sports car. And you, I'm like, oh my
0: god, you cock. You aren't going to be encountering a sports car during this game. But thanks for wasting the points. <sighs> no, don't do that. If <laughs> if your character's specialty doesn't match, adjust the specialties on the fly to let the characters feel fun.
1: Yeah, it's. <laughs> It's one of those moments that you find in so many of these old games yeah. where they're like and remember GM totally fuck over your players at every opportunity. Don't have fun. Oh my goodness, if your players actually get bonuses they paid for, why why they be gods. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, okay. Again, we earlier we mentioned how this
0: game can get all decimally <laughs> now, that also works with armor because armor actually gives you a percentage reduction of damage.
1: Oh, God, and it's it's not even like using the same system as other things because you've got your your normal mods to things, mm-hmm. which are pluses or minuses of absolute values. Mm-hmm. Then you get into damage values, which are decimal values that then get multiplied, and then you get into armor, and it's a percentage value. Like, he's not sticking to one system, and it makes
0: me go insane. No, this game was designed by, like, a 6th grade math teacher, who was like, I just need to find a way to connect to these kids. How do I reach these kids?
1: (laughs) (laughs) And his decision was, oh, they must like the horror movies. Kids these days are into that horror and that role-playing that I've heard so much about. And then he just stole the concept of cross-hatching from Chick Tracts,
0: which were the only <laughs> pictures he had in his house, and uh, filled the book up with those, and off to the races he went. And oh. about page 50, he forgot he was writing a horror book. <laughs> but he just kept putting in math. Oh, man. All of this math. Okay, so uh there are classes, sort of. No, not, not even really. really. There's archetypes, and that's all it really is. It gives you some basic suggestions or builds that you could take to play as horror
1: movie tropey characters. Yeah, they're like did you want to play as the big dumb jock? Well, you'll probably have a fit score that's high and an intellect score that's low and you'll probably want to put points into playing football. Hooray! Thanks for telling me that book that was very helpful. Yeah, that's, that's, that's like 18 pages of that and they're
0: pretty fun stuff too. You got your big dumb jock, your secret agent, your techno nerd.
1: Yeah, your hyper techno nerd.
0: So techno nerd is a nerd with Techno stuck to his name. Yeah. Um, In the picture is a nerd wearing an NIT sweater. Yeah, because he goes to NIT. Yeah, the North Island Technology Institute or something. Ooh. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> the
1: last I uh, is silent the, in that. D- The
0: Techno nerd section is one of my favorite parts of the book because uh, it gets into the coming menace of computers a bunch of times. It's all 1994 in that section, so there's a lot of, like... Like, these guys probably know how to get on the lines <laughs> and maybe are found in chat rooms as much as in real rooms.
1: Oh, yeah, and it's going to make them have, like, oh, you'll have gadgets that you made, like a camera that is on a hover thing, and you can spy in the girls' locker room. Yeah, you know everything that the one guy had in Goonies? You have all that. All of that, just all of it. Yeah, you know that but... guy in Revenge of the Nerds that kept oh. doing tech stuff? You're him. That's who you are. As long as I'm not that guy in Revenge of the Nerds that kept doing
0: rape stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you mean the Nerds? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's good. There's a lot of a lot
0: of rape in that movie. Oh, and a lot tr- of trigger warning. Revenge of illegal, the Nerds. Illegal surveillance, and I mean, it's just a like that's a tough movie to watch and not realize that you're you're basically spending it rooting for
1: the really bad guys. Oh yeah, no, you've you've got like. The jocks who are kind of assholes, and then the nerds who are just, well, you, just terrible people.
0: And you know what's weird is you watch the jocks, and you're like, oh man, they're supposed they're so they're so mean. they are these jocks. Let's see what they do. Oh man, they dressed up like farmers and sang from the back of a truck. They're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll show them. We'll poison them and look at their girlfriends naked.
1: Oh <laughs> like, uh, yeah, that is that is some disproportionate response. It's it's a little little
0: weird. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of people who have talked about Revenge of the Nerds as an ultra rapey movie, but
1: anything to not talk about this book. <laughs> so, yeah, it it goes on. You've got a bunch of things, like maybe you're the slacker or a clergyman. Oh, yeah, the slacker's amazing. The
0: slacker's literally, don't take any points in anything that matters. There you go. Yeah. Hey, get into this game, kids. Come on, you're, I don't know, Janine Garofalo. Yeah. You're the, uh what's his, uh, Seth Green's character in Scream. Where yeah. He, yeah. Turns out to be really important to the plot,
1: but... You you don't actually have any real important life skills, but, uh, you know, maybe it'll do something for you. Sure, why not? Okay, don't don't let us confuse you into thinking
0: that we're talking about a game that's about horror movie tropes, because as soon as you flip off the last one of those, which is, I don't know, Clergy or Secret Agent or something, you're done. Now yeah. it's just ultra-realism. How much
1: damage would falling do? Which, okay, you know, I don't normally like to read from a book, but I'm going to do it anyway... Because the falling damage section, and there's a lot of random miscellaneous damage in here, including poison and fire and explosions. There's a and... difference between drowning and asphyxiation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, falling damage, though, is really weird to me. So, when you're making a uh, damage check for that, normally if it was just you fell, you get damage based on every five feet fallen. Okay, that's fine. That's great. However, if it's from climbing and you failed a climb check, then the result is proportionate to how badly you failed the climb check. And how badly you failed is how high up you fell from. Mm -hmm. So if you're trying to climb a 50-foot rock face and you fail your climbing test, if you fail it very, very poorly like you just really mess up say for example you rolled a three yeah you're gonna fall from all 50 feet up yeah you You made it to the very top and then you just jumped off yeah however if you barely don't make it like you get a nine or or a nine then you just immediately fall after climbing five feet yeah you get just slightly up and you go oh nope nope yeah it it really amuses me that the worse you fail the better you actually did at climbing you just then failed later. You know,
0: on the one hand, it kind of makes sense. Like, if you roll poorly, then more bad things happen to you. Sure, that that kind of made I can see that. But you're right. It's weird to think that that the character who rolls a three is theoretically a better mountain climber. He's just an unlucky one. Yeah. I just don't know how you'd do it differently. I guess maybe you'd say the they have like a wily e. Coyote rule where, <laughs> you know, your character rolls poorly, he gets five feet off the cliff, falls off, doesn't really hurt himself, and then the top half of the cliff slides off and crushes him. He gets a tiny umbrella. Uh...
1: But yeah, the the roll for that is just... Alright, so... You're climbing a 50-foot rock face. Mark fails his climbing test. He rolls a 6 when he needed an 11 or better. He interprets this fall as of about 20 feet because he failed by 4 points, which is less than halfway to an extreme failure. Mark needs to make a fit test to see how he fares. His fit score is plus 2, but he receives a difficulty of minus 4 due to the height. So his attempting roll is minus 2. The result is eight, a marginal failure. Damage from the fall is equal to ten minus the fit rolls result. Mark loses two points of physical health. If you see in that, just to find out from failing a roll how much damage happens, there's about six different math steps you have to go through to get to the point where you're like, and it's two. Show Who your took work. Two. Also, note that it actually increases the difficulty
0: based on how far you have to climb. So, for example, that's a 50-foot climb, so it's minus 4 additional difficulty, and so on. Which means that no matter how good you get at mountain climbing, you still really probably can't climb a
1: mountain. Because the mountain's way bigger than 50 feet. Well, the, the problem is, your climbing skill isn't going to change. Your ability to not die, however, goes down drastically for the higher it is you're going up. Yeah. Which is... It's, it's weird because, again, if you fail and you only failed a little bit, then you didn't climb that
0: mountain at all. So let's ask a question like this. Let's say Mark has to get up a 50-foot wall. Yeah. What if he chooses to climb 10 feet of that wall and then stop there? I
1: I think the guide is like going to punish you in some way. Okay, it's it's an old 90s book, so probably yeah. the wall falls over. Like,
0: oh, you rolled a three. Okay. Uh, your character forgot that he was only going to climb 10 feet of the wall, <laughs> climbed 50 feet to the wall, and then turned around and jumped off. Yeah. That's, uh, welcome to the 90s.
1: You got like, up to the top of the wall, the DM's pizza was up there, you slipped on it and fell down the wall. DM's pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Not mentioned in this book. <laughs> DM's pizza watch. Okay, um... Brought to you by Domino's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go tell them that we that we send you. Yeah, yeah. Do, Domino's is 50% off, mention us, it'll happen. Yeah. Ask, us, ask them where our money is, because we,
0: <laughs> we don't know how endorsements work. We, we don't know what endorsements is. <laughs> Meanwhile, finer fitting men's clothing at Bonobos.
1: <laughs> so, the, the whole book goes on, on its stupid mathy rampage for... A good 50 pages of just stuff, and there is, during this time, no mention or even hint that anything is related to horror. No, None of all. the skills are horror-related. Except for the ones that are kind of more policey,
0: I guess, because there's always like a police character in a horror movie.
1: Yeah, but even then, you're like, oh, I've got, I don't know, mathematics. Well, there's a nerd in well, this yeah, movie. There's a nerd. Yeah, that's yeah. true. You're right
0: there, but... I mean it does it it goes out of its way to split up police skills more than I'm used to. Like the so yeah. I I was kind of like all right, well that makes sense if it's a game about more private investigatory guys.
1: But even then, it's it doesn't have anything where the characters have skills or attributes or anything related to horror. I mean if you look on uh certain games like you look at say Beyond the Supernatural or uh any of the more like into uh horror stuff like if you're doing say hunter from white wolf mm-hmm. that's a little more into the horror section yeah, of call it call of cthulhu or yeah. Th- yeah yeah you've actually got stuff that ties into it so whether it happens to be that you've got stats for potential psychic energy in beyond the supernatural or the horror
0: factor system yeah, yeah. or
1: you get like a sanity rating in the call of cthulhu there's something in the mechanics that clues the player in to the fact that this is a supernatural setting with crazy, weird supernatural horror things happening, right? And, and
0: in some cases, maybe the players don't believe that or don't know it already. That that happens fairly, fairly yeah. commonly. You though. know,
1: you don't always have a character that's like.
0: Yeah, I know all about dibbix and things. I grew up on Monster Planet and I know I know what, what's going on. Now, usually it's like, "Oh my god, horrible dark evils and no one knew."
1: Yeah, but even then, there's things in the mechanics that the monsters can use. Like even if you don't have the ability to harness your potential psychic energy, there might be a psychic monster that feeds on it. Okay, great. The mechanics are there to support the horror theme that you're going for. This game has nothing.
0: You know what it does have? It has a little section when you get to the beginning of a paragraph about how to build a campaign in this world. It says, by now, you've probably realized that this book contains an infinite number of possible campaigns. (laughs) You're right, book. By unlocking the power of imagination, you have bridged the gap to infinity. This book is... In 140 pages, it manages to cram its own head right up its ass to get a good smell of what's up there. It's incredible how pretentious it is about role-playing
1: games and how it is as a role-playing game. Yeah, no, you can tell that the folks at Mind Ventures really thought that Don't Look Back, Terror is Never Far Behind, was just going to be the first in a long line of different games that were all going to use their Mind Ventures system. And that they wanted to make it as universal as possible so that, you know, you could have a sci fi game or you could have a cop drama or you could have whatever. Clan like, of the Cave Bear! And all that managed to do was make it so that it basically looked like you were reading a GURPS book. Yeah. And then at the very end, they were like, oh, and, uh, monsters or something. Yeah. And literally, the book's about the
0: size of that GURPS light book that floats. You've seen, you've probably seen that. That's the. That's the GURPS book that's just the rules. Yeah. It's just here's the rules you need to play GURPS and that's the end of that and go have fun. That's all that's in there. Uh, it's a useful book if you ever actually want to play GURPS because it, it gets to skip past all that fluffy, crunchy stuff <laughs> or fluffy stuff to the good crunch. Yeah. Uh, it, it unfortunately is also a useful book if you ever wanted to play GURPS.
1: Yeah, which, you know, is unfortunate for everyone if they're playing. GURPS come on GURPS go out of business so we can review you <laughs> oh you've got so many books we could say so much about your dumb crap uh, anyway uh, this book when you get very near the end after
0: it goes through this huge section of how to play a real world and how stuff like what will happen when you get arrested what are your rights when a cop tries to pull you over <laughs> when, is, the, is the story about getting one phone call real find I'm... out all this and more in this book which thinks it's Snopes
1: Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's got tables for things like, okay, what's your job? How much do you make? But how much, like, liquid cash do you have? And how much do you have as your expendable money? And it doesn't actually tell you that you have to pick one based on any point system. So I assume that everyone ever just games the system by being a lawyer, since that is the highest thing on the chart.
0: Right, and then the big question comes up of, so what? Like, if you're playing a horror movie simulator...
1: Yeah, okay, well, we're all lawyers now, I guess, and I I, I guess a a lawyer ghost comes after us? Remember all those scenes in Scream where Matthew Lillard works at
0: a video store? Remember how much that matters?
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) so, again, really trying to put all of these universal system rules into a game that, by all means, shouldn't give a fuck about these rules, and they're just putting them in there... Because if you are playing something that's like, oh, well, I'm trying to do a courtroom drama with this system. Okay, well, great. You actually are a lawyer and have that, and maybe the guy you're representing doesn't have as much money and hey, maybe it makes sense for this to happen. Maybe everyone in this entire courtroom is a lawyer because
0: it's the easiest way to make the most money and all you have to do is choose that at one point.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the judge is a lawyer, the lawyers are (laughs) lawyers, the defendant's a lawyer, everyone watching is a lawyer, the jury is lawyers. Also, there's a vampire. And a vampire. The vampire is also a lawyer. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) So Uh. they do, finally, in the end of the book, and this is amusing because it's hidden in the DM-only section... It's gonna give you some paranormal ability things. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's gonna give you some quick stats for creatures and monsters.
0: Right. And it, it's not terrible. I mean, it's got zombies. It's got w- two kinds of zombies.
1: Yeah, I will give it this. It did include some things for people to fight. And anytime for a lot of the games that we've reviewed before where they're like, yeah, you're going to do this and there's how you make a character nut nah, and go. And we're done. Uh, the, you didn't you didn't tell me anything to do. That'll with be in a future supplement. Oh,
0: god damn it. You know as much as we're ragging on these one these one-drop books. I
1: mean, that's how Dungeons and Dragons works. Well, yeah, which, you know, also fuck them. I mean, let, yeah. let, let's let's go ahead and be honest. But yeah. the uh so you've got a bunch of basically paranormal abilities that they put out. And I don't know why, but they gave them point
0: costs. Oh yeah, uh, there's no points that you get to spend on them. I guess if you have access to... If, you're, if your DM or GM says to you, you're allowed to spend your skill points on paranormal abilities or your karma that you earn, because this game has an XP system in the form of karma. Um, yeah,
1: it's the, the standard karma points in that you can spend it to get extra points and things or spend it to fudge rolls Mm -hmm. so if you failed you can use a karma point to succeed and if someone hit you you can make them not hit you and so on
0: now the book doesn't tell you the method by which players would get access to these it does instead kind of gate guard that a bunch of times like there's at least three paragraphs in here dedicated to not letting your players have these because that would make the game stupid and these aren't real and why would you want to play a not
1: real thing (laughs) yeah so it's got a bunch of things that's like we had to put this in here Because, for some reason, when we're making our ridiculous monsters, we had to have a point total for them. So it actually has things like, uh, physical form. Physical form is a power you can buy that makes it so that you have a physical form.
0: Right, it lets a ghost become corporeal if it needs to.
1: Yeah, so I'm like, why would you do that? Who in your campaign is like, boy, I better spend points on this... And it has a variable cost. It's not even like three points. Great. You can become a physical form. It's three points and then one per each one. What does each extra point do? I don't know. It doesn't say. It doesn't have a duration on
0: how long you can maintain the form or nothing. It's just physical form. You can form a corporeal form. And some of some forms are more corporeal than others, ladies. (laughs) Yeah, I guess.
1: Yeah, my Uh, corporeal form is real firm... Yeah, uh,
0: I, I, I guess, I, I mean, I can, I kind of see where you'd want to let players have these. I, in fact, I can specifically see where you want to let players have these. A lot of the great horror films, I, even though I don't like them, uh, <laughs> a lot of the great horror films have one character who's got some power. There's the shining, yeah. which does nothing, nothing, ever, nothing. It's, oh, it's no. useless in the movie. It
1: summons a guy to die. Done. That's the end of it. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, I don't mean they've got some powers where you're like, okay, empathy. You're, you're an empath. Okay, great. Maybe some character actually does get empathy. Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. You think Carol Ann in Poltergeist
0: has a power? Uh, maybe. Is being, being a little kid a power in the book? Uh, it, it's not, not a power. Okay, well, why not? Yeah. Cause if being a little kid is a power, that's fine. Cause that's like the, like the, uh, the catalyst for so many horror movies is just, Oh, things work differently around little kids. They get to go through mirrors. Yeah, there you
1: go. They get the sense-paranormal power. Yeah,
0: sure. Okay, so yeah, that's what that's probably what Carol Ann has.
1: Yeah, and so they've got a whole bunch of these, and they've got point costs. And like I said, some have variable point costs, so it actually gives you, like, you can spend three points and then one per additional, and the book doesn't tell you what that does. And in addition to that, the point costs for things aren't balanced against anything my favorite example of this in the book uh, yeah, <laughs> is there are two powers. One is Achilles' heel, and you are completely indestructible outside of this one thing. So maybe it's stake through the heart. You're a vampire, the only way you can die in this world is stake through the heart. Decapitation is listed so that you can have zombies, but I like to think of
0: letting players take that. And do- yeah. my, my one weakness is having my head removed from my body. <laughs> How could you know? <laughs> my, my one weakness is... Physical sh- injury. Sharp
1: bits going into me. <laughs> my one weakness is death, and my other weakness is disease that causes death. <laughs> <laughs> so, they've got this specifically so that you can make those monsters from the different things, so decapitation for zombies, take to the heart, so on. Other than that, you are completely invulnerable, except that you can still take penalties, and they do the uh, example of you're a zombie, you have the Achilles heel decapitation, but you can still have your arms and legs chopped off, and you'll be at negative a lot to do anything then. Okay. Absolutely, sure. And that costs 10 points. That's a lot of goddamn points. Now, they also have indestructibility, Which is, you're indestructible. You don't have a weakness. You don't need to breathe or eat. You don't age. You do not feel remorse. And you will not stop until everyone is dead. You are a ridiculous, horrible thing. And the only way to stop you is to find some way to trap you. Yeah. This costs 10 points. I don't... There's no... Okay,
0: there's two questions you got here. First of all, number one, would you let your players have that? No! Of course not, because it would invalidate the game. And second, if you were designing, say for example, Ultra Cthulhu, who can't be killed even by hitting him with a boat, um, and, and, and you wanted him to be your big bad in the campaign, and you set, for some reason, you're an insane D- GM, and you set yourself a, a budget to build your character, and you come to the end, you're like, well, he's supposed to be completely immortal, but I've only got seven points left. Oh well, I
1: guess he's got empathy instead. No, see, at that point, that's when you take the disadvantage in paranormal. Oh things. god, yeah, yeah, we'll come to that in a second. But what I, but
0: the message I wanted to get across was, no, you don't, because you're the GM and you're designing a goddamn monster. You huh. give it the powers it needs, and that's how you design it.
1: Yeah, it, the fact that all of these things that aren't for PCs, and even things that if you were to say. Okay, maybe we let you have a few ones. There are ones that are specifically never going to be allowed for PCs, still have point costs, and it makes no goddamn sense.
0: Right. If the game had, like, an ultra-codified XP budget system where it was like, you can build a monster and it's worth XXP, it's easy to determine based on whether or not it has these powers. It's not. In fact, most of these powers don't even do anything. They just say stuff like, empathy. Sometimes you get the impressions of others. This costs three points plus one point per point. Wait, what's that other part do? Nothing! We Even more, you're you're even better at vague whatevers.
1: Yeah. It, it, the whole thing, the powers read like, hey, you're the GM, you'll figure out what you need to do, except it then gives it a cost. And, like you say, it's not like there's no XP in this, there's just the karma points, which are probably just, hey, did you survive the session? Yeah. I guess have a couple oh, of it, karma it, points. It's got a
0: lot of that, did you roleplay well today? Yeah. Give a best reward, or best roleplayer reward... Working as a team, we oh, yeah. Let's go ahead and put that out there too. I don't think either of us is on board with the whole varied XP
1: totals. No. Anytime you end your game and someone's like, "Dude, I got 500 XP," and some other guy's like, "I got 300." Fuck you. I hate you. Yeah, I, I got a rock. Yeah.
0: And the same. The same thing with also if a character dies and and the this is a a, a a 90s and 80s DM thing is oh does your character die? You're starting over with level one.
1: Yeah. Oh, great!
0: I'd love to not contribute for the rest of the game. Thanks. Uh, it'll be fun for everyone <laughs> you, involved. You sure you don't just want me to go read twenty pages of a dictionary at my house
1: <laughs> while you go for pizza? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure because this will last longer. Oh, God,
0: it's it. Yeah. Okay. So don't do the variable XP thing. It, just keep your party even because honestly, that that mi- that that metagame XP development stuff should just be part of the fun and not, you know, a, a, an embittered little battle over power.
1: Yeah, and I mean at least if like if the karma points weren't also your XP, you could go, "Hey man, nice role playing, you get a karma point." Oh, yeah, and then stun, it's a bonus that dice. doesn't affect your progression. But yeah. in this, because it does both, it's kind of annoying. Yeah. Now, and again, there's no set XP for monsters, which means you get the exact same amount of no XP for killing a spider as you do for killing a mummy. So yeah. it doesn't matter what the budget on stats is for any of these because it doesn't matter in the game mechanics. So,
0: but they put it in there. Presumably because this is a universal system capable of generating an infinite number of potential worlds in which for your mind to explore. Reading rainbow. Oh, God. So, uh, Yeah. Uh so presumably there's another mind's eye venture game out there where they use all those XP budget mechanic things to let people soar through
1: the space lanes. Uh, uh I'm pretty sure this is the only book that Mind Ventures put put out because I mean, come on, man.
0: I, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'll add an addendum to this one, but honestly, we're we're following our own rules for this book because nothing about this book made either of us open up an internet browser. <laughs> oh man, nothing about this book
1: made me wanted to open up the book. I kinda did. I mean it's got that fat knife clown. <laughs> yeah, but that's on the back. You don't need to open up the book for that. You just look on the oh, back. I for just the want fat more knife fat clown. knife
0: clown. I'm like, oh man, fat knife clowns, this book's gotta be full of things. I I'm, I'm looking forward to every eighties horror movie trope if I got killer clowns from outer space on the back.
1: Yeah, I except
0: mean, that's also probably one of the best art. In the book? Clearly not done by the guy who did the inside of the book. Cause because the guy who did the inside of the book is Mr. Crosshatch.
1: Yeah. Everything is just, I'm a guy. All of my clothes are made out of crosshatches and I'm wielding this crosshatch knife.
0: Yeah. My favorite thing about the art in the book is they give you their template character, Mark. Uh, they are, when they build Mark, they set him up as a, a eager young college student who works in a science lab and looks exactly like Willem Defoe. Like, like exactly. Willem Dafoe in yeah. a Yin Yang T-shirt. Yeah, it's Willem Dafoe wearing a Yin Yang tank top. We. Uh, I, I and Willem Dafoe is double dragon. How old would you say Willem Dafoe is in the let's say nineteen ninety four? Like thousand, <laughs> like like give or take. Yeah, like he's he's an undying lich and he looks like it, right? <laughs> that's that's Willem Dafoe. He is not an eager college student and he never was.
1: Yeah. It's kind of a weird image. I'm pretty sure Willem Dafoe was and is and shall be. So, yeah, yeah, that's a weird picture to kind of base your man off of. Right, I mean, you know, he's supposed to be your main character, not... Max
0: Shrek as Nosferatu. <laughs> uh, anyway, there's a lot of that. The book's completely full of ugly, ugly, older-than-they-need-to-be crosshatch-looking characters. Even the little bit of TNA
1: they throw in there is creepily crosshatchety. Yeah, and if they aren't doing just full-on made-out-of-crosshatches, everything is sinews. Like, oh, yeah. Every muscle is so defined and then overly defined so that you've got, like, multiple muscles where one should be... It's got that really weird, like, again, kind of early 90s look to
0: it. Yeah, kind of like how, say, X-Force looked in the in the, in the non-splash pages in the comic. Yeah. You know, like all the pictures of Domino and Warpath and so on. Where you like, know, when
1: they're kicking something, just, just... you see their ridiculous muscle leg.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's a lot of that, except these people aren't ultra-muscly. They, no. they say, you know, uh, I'm not an artist. I can't even trace my hand if provided with my own hand and a pen. But... I've read that each line you put on someone's face adds a year to their age when you, when you're, when you're art, doing art. All of these people in this book walked
1: among the dinosaurs. <laughs> it is amazing how much they were just like, you know, I think this guy looks okay, but I should probably put another couple hundred lines onto him. Yeah. Okay.
0: So. Do you think you could use this to effectively generate a uh, a role play- or a horror movie that you would like to play in? Like, like the would you, for example, use this to simulate The Thing?
1: Oh God, no! There's not even, there's no way you could do that. It would just be so bad and terrible at everything. On the other hand, based on the art style, I could easily
0: create a college student that looks
1: like Wilford Brimley. Oh, <laughs> huh. oh, well, that's good. <laughs> I'll, I'll use it for that then. Alright, great. When I need to tell people about Liberty Mutual Insurance for their diabetes, <laughs> Quick I, I will be sure to turn to Don't Look Back, Terror is Never Far Behind.
0: Uh, for Wilford fans on the internet, there aren't any pictures in this that look like Wilfred Brimley, and he didn't endorse this and he's not in it, but he's better than it. So, <laughs> so just look up the movie he did with Jean-Claude Van Damme.
1: There you go. Yeah, that's that's really good. You're
0: welcome, stuff. internet. There you go. That's good stuff. I think it's called Hard Target or something. Yeah, I got a Marked for Death. One yeah. of those. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay, let's get to the uh let's get uh, to the Q&A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> John, uh what is your favorite thing about I have to look at the name again. Don't Look Back. Terror is Never Far Behind.
1: Um I I can't I can't just say Fat Knife Clown, can I? <laughs> You can if you want to take it away from me. (laughs) I won't. I won't steal that. No, no, no. it's all you. you, No, no. You know what? I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. Um, they've got a lot of math in it. God damn it! I don't even. (laughs) I like math.
0: Jesus Christ! Um, it's so disappointing. You you guys don't understand the diff. The thing. I'm not a big horror movie fan, or even a really particularly big movie fan. John, on the other hand. Loves horror movies. I love them so much. And, and so he works at this particular nerd Stabulary and that book was sitting across from him at the at the at the on the used shelf, just singing, just calling his name oh. like like a like a shipwreck siren, just.
1: Just sitting there, just, just singing to him,
0: I'm horror And
1: then it dashed me upon the rocks. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. It's it, The upper half is all sexy lady, and the bottom half is all, like, mutant fish dogs. And the bottom half is just math. Yeah. That's all it <laughs> is. That's what Charybdis was, too. <laughs> Charybdis was beautiful on the top and math on the bottom. I'm caught between
1: a whirlpool and math.
0: <laughs> Ugh. God. Uh, So that's that's why he's so sad. Uh, Okay,
1: you know what? Let's let's try and break it down. The best thing about this, I'm gonna go ahead and say that the the actual bell curve resolution within and of itself is fairly well designed. Mm -hmm. Uh, The positive versus negative and keeping the highest or lowest and the absolute value thing is a lot of work that is unnecessary, Mm -hmm. but the resolution of it does come out to be fairly good. Yeah,
0: once you get past all the calculating your roll mechanic, the actual roll generates an interesting value or result. It's nice that they went ahead and res- respected the bell curve.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I will say that it did, for all the math that it did, it at least did the math well. Great. So there. Okay, uh, my favorite thing about this game is that there's a fat <laughs> knife clown on the back.
0: Once again, a fat knife clown on the back.
1: <laughs> I would like to... Hold on one second.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now it, There you go. It's not an especially good drawing, but it is a cool <laughs> fat knife clown, and I would not be averse to a game where I had to escape or kill a fat knife clown. That's good. Okay. Uh, John, what is your least favorite thing
1: ab- <laughs> about this game? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to have to go with the variable damage. The decimal <laughs> God, damage,
0: yeah. it just... We didn't get into that enough. I mean, uh, oh. seriously, like, like, uh, let's say you hit someone with a, with a club. It does 0.2 quality damage. So, did you hit with a, t- with a total score of seven? Multiply seven times 0.2 and round down. That's how much damage you did. Oh. Aren't we having fun dividing seven by five?
1: Yeah. And then, you know, it even has things like maybe you hit someone with a rolled up newspaper and its damage value is like, Point zero one, which means you literally can't hurt someone well you can't but maybe dread god lord
0: whatever can if with his total combined strength score of a thousand
1: no it doesn't matter because that's even just gonna make you roll more dice and take three three. so you're gonna do 18 times point zero one. (laughs) it doesn't matter oh that's so good uh so not only that but they also have the varied things seem really weird like a 10 millimeter pistol is a 2.0 damage. Which is insane. Which is also, like, the same damage as a sawed-off shotgun. More damage than a high-powered rifle. Yeah, and a flamethrower is 1.0. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure if you get hit with a flamethrower, you're fucking done. I feel like a 10 millimeter pistol is actually a 10 millimeter cannon. <laughs> I, I, there's there's a difference, and... Uh, anyway. Okay. So, so yeah, the, the decimal point damage system, I don't even care if the math on that works out to be good because I just hate it okay my least
0: favorite thing is that I've already read through uh, d20 modern haven city of violence a, a couple other books in this same genre that, that are basically married to this concept of generating a realistic world like how much damage does a bullet do how far would you fall and take damage how long can you be underwater and and it's it, it's the the realism it, it's this early 90s sense that realism is the only thing that really matters in role playing games that i can't stand and this book does it worse than the others with way more math than the others and there's nothing interesting to keep me attached at least with haven there was the racism i could like <laughs> i could kind of point and laugh at or or the the general kind of faux badass punk tone that that thing adopted with its you know I mean, well, fuck if, you if you don't like this page
1: at least when i'm looking at something like d20 modern i go Okay, yeah, I didn't like it a lot because it was sort of vanilla and bland until you get to, like, Urban Arcana, Mm -hmm. but at least that's what it was going for. It didn't try to sell you on something else. Don't Look Back, Terror Is Never Far Behind, tries to sell you on the horror theme, and delivers... Nothing! Oh, yeah,
0: this is, this book is the equivalent of like the little toothbrush that you get in your Halloween candy bag. Oh,
1: God, I just want to go back to who, Mind Adventure's house and egg it.
0: Yeah, right? I mean, that's what this is. This is the guy who gives you a biblical pamphlet. Ugh. Or in this case, it'd be a little word problem. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah,
1: thanks for that. Thanks for giving me a little math booklet for yeah. the Halloween. I, you I, gave I... me a book that says math is fundamental. And that was my, my little gift for Halloween. There you go, all right, my least favorite thing
0: about this book is it what I just said. Sorry, forget I said that. we'll cut that out. Would you play? Don't look back, I'm not even giving it a whole name if I can't remember it after five times <laughs> it's it's for a reason it's because I'm attempting to pro or pre erase this <laughs> i'm gonna I'm gonna whiskey it out in a few minutes and I'm just getting it I'm just getting the the rails smoothed uh, huh. go ahead,
1: yeah, um, you would no, oh Jesus God no, even. I don't I can't I can't come up with a scenario where someone would come up to me with this book and go, I'm really excited, and I want you to play in my game, and I wouldn't be like, This is an affront to everything I hold dear in my life. It it shits upon role playing and upon horror. You sir. You sir Good day, sir. It's pointing
0: at me, but I got I, I, I read this book first, <laughs> and I called him at one point to say, "Oh my God, this book uses absolute values. <laughs> you actually, have to, you actually have to determine the absolute value of a number to determine how many dice you roll for something, or or to calculate what your dice effect is." And, oh. I, I wasn't, I wasn't eager to <laughs> beyond <laughs> the fact that I knew we were going to dump on it verbally later. Uh, okay, would I play this game? I, I don't know. I, I probably would not. Although I might be tricked into it, because <laughs> you could easily be
1: mistaken into, into thinking you're playing something else since there's nothing here. Yeah, I mean, if someone just handed you a pre-made character sheet from this, you'd go, well, oh, this this just looks like a... Willem like, Dafoe. This looks like Willem Dafoe, and he's got stats that I, I recognize from RPGs. I could play this, and then he's like, bah, ha, ha! you have fallen into my math trap. <laughs> See if you can find your way out of my fiendish math maze! Find the lowest common denominator to live.
0: Oh. Okay, so no. No, neither <laughs> neither of us would play Don't Look Back, whatever the fuck. City of Violence. City of Violence, <laughs> Sky Realms of Terror of Joe Rune, of whatever. It's never far behind. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh no, neither of us would play this.
1: Would you play a good horror game? Oh God, I want a good horror game so bad! I want it! I want it inside me. Mm -hmm. Now, what's the game? What's the board game that we both enjoy?
0: That Uh, betrayal at House on the Hill. Okay, betrayal at House on the Hill is a good example of a horror game. Play that instead. There you go. Did you you want a a recommendation maybe for the for the masses who who crave horror like you do and and we're hoping to play in it somehow? Because I'm gonna go with that board game because I really do enjoy it.
1: It's it's fun. It gives you that theme. You can get. Um, any of the Cthulhu games will basically give that to you. Probably Eldritch Horror is your best bet. Now, earlier we actually praised Beyond the Supernatural. Because, Which it, because I
0: would like to apologize for that. Yeah, I thought I should mention that we we brought that up and praised it because it
1: has a horror factor system. <laughs> uh, would you play Beyond the Supernatural? Dude, I would so play Beyond the Supernatural. And you know why? Because it's from Palladium Games and nothing they do is ever bad.
0: I know. Well, The reason to play Beyond the Supernatural is to th- toss out all the bullshit classes it has in it, replace them with ninjas and perhaps <laughs> super spies, Hell and, yeah. and then go to town. Or maybe a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Or other strangeness. Oh. Perhaps after the bomb. Perhaps. Okay. So, uh, this has been Don't Look Back, Terror is Never Far Behind. Uh, I'm going to ask you one more question because we have some more time to kill here. What's your favorite horror movie?
1: Oh, don't do that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to get people that uh, disagree with me a lot. I really I really like The Ring like a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I think the American version was a much better version than the Japanese one. It had a lot better tension. It uses sound really well to key into moments from the videotape into those in the real world. It, it does a slow burn, and and it doesn't suck balls like, don't look back, terrorists never far behind.
0: Okay, and, uh, and my favorite is, is uh, The Thing.
1: Which is also in my top five, cause it's a fucking amazing movie. It's an amazing
0: movie, the tension is really, really well done, it's, it's, it's really fun to watch, and I'm a huge fan of Brimley.
1: Yeah, it gives you ridiculous paranoia and Brimley. Yeah, and it's also got some unbelievably
0: gory effects that I'm, that I'm a fan of, just, just slightly off the margin, or off the, the center of the screen, so you're always left guessing at what the fuck is happening. It's it's well done. No, so, and it's go. it's
1: got practical effects instead of the CG, which makes it look a little more immediate and real, which is wonderful.
0: Absolutely. Neither of these movies could be simulated with uh, Don't Look Back, so don't try. We just wanted to mention some good movies.
1: I would just like to mention how much other things are better than Don't Look Back, Terror... Is never far behind. Yeah. Which granola bar would you rather eat than play terror? <laughs> it's never far behind. The Razor Blade granola bar?
0: <laughs> the I'm granola, granola sure bar I got full of that meth. for Halloween as well? <laughs> the On Fire Meth granola bar. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. Stays on fire, even in moisture. That's the <laughs> tagline. <laughs> Especially in moisture. <laughs> Okay. Uh, this has been System Mastery. As always, you can find us on the web at SystemMasteryPodcast.com. You can email us at SystemMastery at Gmail. You can do the only thing we pay attention to, which is visit the System Mastery page, page at Facebook. And if you do any of those things, by all means, give us suggestions or yell at us or tell us we're wrong or tell us we're right.
1: We just like comments. We like yeah. to see what people think. We've, we've started getting a couple on the, uh, the website and I want to thank Everyone, all three of you who have commented, it. even the guy who told us we talk about Dungeons and Dragons too much. That's fine. I, I you know what? I'm, yeah, no. I'm all
0: right with that. We're, we'll, we'll we'll try and stop talking about uh, what the universal baseline of all role playing games. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, they make it way easier. <laughs> 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 all right. So uh, that's us. We're not bitter at all. <laughs> and uh, have a lovely evening.